cry later and fight now. And that's all I knew was to fight now. And then if I cry later, but then by the time I want to cry, I can't cry about the past because I'm out of the situation. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, you so said- I'm not really, I can't even cry about it, but I can cry out of celebra- uh, as a celebratory that I did come out of it. I was able to put my shoes up to the bootstraps and then and fight through it, focus and have a determination to do what I said we're going to do. And that's how I came out of it. You're listening to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, a podcast that discusses the intricacies of real estate investing with your host, Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the equity king. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals. He will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. Hello, We Love Equity listeners. I'm excited about today's episode. We have a very special guest. Her name is Dornisha Johnson. Dornisha is out of and based out of Houston, Texas, but she's working multiple markets. So Florida, Georgia, Atlanta, Michigan, Oklahoma, Arkansas, you know, she's all over doing wholesaling, buying holds, fixing flips, you know, and even working on new builds and development. So without further delay, I'm going to get out of the way and I'm going to let Dornisha do her own introduction. That way we can get a backdrop and a backstory of Dornisha and see how she can possibly help you guys going forward because that's what this show is all about. So Dornisha, welcome, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on your show and see if I could drop some gems for everybody. Yes, I am originally from Houston. I love what I do. You know, first you got to understand about the hardship, you know, the good and the bad. I've been doing this for the past six years. I started in Houston and then I took the leap of faith and just say, you know, what if and how would it look like if I go into different markets that I'm not familiar with? Yes, I probably visit them and vacation, but branch out and now i'm excited i'm in seven different markets and growing in 2021 okay so give us the backstory how did dornisha go or get into real estate investing and wholesaling how did you go from that traditional person you know thinking okay i need to go and get a job into being an entrepreneur well, I started as an entrepreneur at seven years old, you know, having a, wow. a lemonade stand, selling cookies and chips. So that was always in me. So I knew at the age of seven that I wanted to be self-employed. Didn't know what the word self-employed was, but I did enjoy having customers come to me, buying my product, and I had funds in my product pocket immediately so as time progresses amazing how you know the older you become it's definitely solidified at the age of seven I knew then that I want to be an entrepreneur you know of course my mother wanted me to have a degree in accounting I did so but that was out of you know for her security but my security was more so as an entrepreneur I had a tax business at the age of 22 okay 22 years old here, first in Houston, and I migrated out to Dallas. And again, 
I enjoy, you know, <laughs> marketing and, and I end up acquiring 4,000 clients within my 17 years of experience. I lost it all. And, and how I got into real estate was the lost. It wasn't okay. a gain. It was more so of losing and being stripped from what you're comfortable with, you know. And I was, I had a lot of death in the family here in Houston. So it caused me to lose a business and lose family members to move back with a negative $259 in my checking account. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I was like, okay, woe is me, 35 single, no kids, you know, that story. And I was, uh, thank God for a degree, was a financial manager temporary at a dealership and one of my clients till this day introduced me to wholesaling and when the person tells me something i'm like a, a dog on a bone i'm like latching on <laughs> uh-huh. and not letting go and so in 2014 of course everyone before this google phenomenon of youtube had a lot of these little courses and little trainings about wholesaling. Of course, Dan Miller and Sean Terry and Kent Clother and the list can go on and on. Even Carlton Sheets, the father oh, of yeah. wholesaling, you know, told us all about this. And so I fell into it out of desperation or out of trying to get out of my situation. And when I was introduced to wholesaling, it's because I didn't have anything. And I think that was the best gift that I ever had because I knew my my spiritual guide, which is my father, told me, you know, they can strip you from everything, but they can't they can't take everything from you. And what I had was knowledge, what I have experience as an entrepreneur to know how to go back out there in the trenches and pretty much create another avenue of revenue for me as young as I was at 35. Gotcha. So what I'm hearing is that at the age of seven, you was just a natural born hustler. It was, I don't need anybody to do anything for me. I'm going to go out here and I'm going to get it, you know, how I need to get it. So, so from the age of seven, you started, you know, being an entrepreneur, knowing, you know, kind of what you wanted to do. So you started this tax business and you said that it failed without going into particulars, if you don't mind sharing, how did it fail and how did you pick yourself back up? Because people like to hear those stories of adversity because a lot of us go through adversity, but it's only those strong people that can have that adversity and then pick themselves back up and continue on. So how did you do it? Well, long story short, there was a man fell in love with, I actually incorporated into a, an established business. So I brought a business into a city that I was familiar with, but I brought a person uh, who had no idea about taxes and I end up uh, giving him 60% of my business because of something grandiose, which is a family and kids and everything. That's what I really wanted. And gotcha. then once that dwindled, I thought everything was over with, but a lawsuit came behind and took all 4,000 clients of mine and the money that I had already reserved and that caused me to uh, lose everything. Now, the question, would I do it again? Probably will, but in a different way. I think that, you know, just because of someone, I think, you know, out of honesty, you know, I was depressed. I was disheartened and heartbroken about a person that I involved into my business, took things, but at the same time, I wasn't prepared for it. 
And I, to this day, the business, I don't even know if it's flourishing or not, but the, the, the soul of the business is myself. Right. Right. You know, the soul of the biz, any business is really you. And, but the good thing, what it taught me was how to exit out of a business without being fully attached. A lot of African-American uh, families want to leave a legacy, but the legacy is the finance. The legacy is the education. It's not the physical product itself. Perfect. And so Perfect. what I learned from that was to not be solely so tied and hold tight to it that will cause me harm to when it's time to let go, let go. So now I'm easy to let go a lot of things, to let go of a business, to sell a business. You know, that's a business of what itself. You can package something up and then sell it to other people and make money off of it once you have established it. So that's how I end up coming back home, you know, and, you know, getting things repossessed. You know, when I moved back to Houston, even though I didn't have, you know, money in my account, I didn't have money to take care of my storage that was $80 that got repossessed for for eighty dollars that I didn't have, and we, you know, repossessed of a car that I brought from Dallas to Houston. So the loss was definitely there. And then, so how did I come out of that? Was the fact that you know, through prayer and through fasting and through isolation of you can do things, you know, and with your back against the wall. My mother had always taught me cry later and fight now. And that's all I knew was to fight now. And then if I cry later, but then by the time I want to cry, I can't cry about the past because I'm out of the situation. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, you so said I'm so not really, I can't even cry about it, but I can cry at a celebrate uh, as a celebratory that I did come out of it. I was able to put my, you know, put my shoes up to the bootstraps and then, and fight through it and focus and have a determination to do what I said we're going to do. And that's how I came out of it. Okay. Well, you said some, you said some very key things, you know, in that story. And one of the things was you said that legacy is the education and the stories behind it and not the finances. And a lot of people always believe that, you know, it's always the money that sets the legacy for the next generations. The money, the money is good. Don't get me wrong. We love it. You know, well, we don't love it, but we love what it can do for. We us. love what it's capable of doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love the capabilities, right? You know, but for me being an entrepreneur and and hearing similar stories from you, you know, pre-show, you know, my family, my mom was an entrepreneur starting out. And it was just those stories. So when I would get down and I'm like, man, why isn't this business working out the way I intended it to? You know, I can always look back and remember something that she went through or, or look at a story, you know, that she went through. Or I just pick up the phone and I give her a call, you know, and she would give me some words of encouragement, you know, and the education behind it. And that's that legacy that people need to understand. And I, I'm so glad that you spoke about that because I was thinking about that, but I was, I didn't really know how to communicate it. And you put it in the perfect words, you know, that legacy is that education and those stories, because that's what you need, you know, going forward. When you're in a time of crunch in a bad situation, you don't want to see, you can have, you know, people can have $250,000 in a bank, but they still depressed. You know, Absolutely. so, but it's hard for you to find someone that's depressed that have an awesome and wonderful story that, that triumph through adversity. So that's, that's, I mean, that's real great that you said that. So I got to give you some, 
some dings on that one. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So tell me, rehabbing and heels. That's mm-hmm. you. So going back, you, you went from Dallas back to Houston. How did you get, you said you got introduced to wholesaling from, from an old client. So what did you do to get into the industry? So he told me about wholesaling and he was in D.C. Till this day, I don't even know what this man looked like. He could be sitting right next to me. I have no idea. And I'm really grateful for it. From that, it was my and my curiosity to, you know, Google. I found a local RIA or YouTube that was based here in Houston. Of course, they had other experienced real estate investors that were nationwide, but I needed someone that I can breathe on and hold on and connect to. So once I found the my mentor through a three-day seminar, here's what I do know for a fact. Whenever there's a seminar for three days, I promise you they're going to tell you everything that you need to know, but we as human beings, we can't grasp all the information. And so with my, my wittiness and my entrepreneurial spirit, I knew that anytime you write something that you want to remember, they're also having another connecting the dot. So I end up implementing a recorder. And back then, you know, uh, you couldn't record anything, but they mm. didn't know. I was sitting in the front. My mother, again, you know, being the oldest, she's like, sit in the front, don't sit in the back, you know, ask questions where you don't know. And I used that elementary knowledge to say, okay, well, I'll be the first person at the seminar, sit in the front next to the projector and record everything and write down stuff. So whatever I could not catch, I'll be able to go back and replay it and catch it then. And so I knew that they're going to tell me everything. And they did. They brain dump as much information. Of course, mindset. They had us break a board. I was delivered by that. I had writing my my accomplishments, what I would like to do on the other part of the board. And then the, the barriers or the saboteurs that I was in front of myself that I had to write on. Once I broke that board, I became, you know, excited about the opportunity. But what mm-hmm. they really taught me was they wanted to shorten my learning curve from a whole year to six months. And that was the key for me to get involved as wholesaling. I knew myself. I remember starting and stopping, starting a business or having all, you know, I'm like a, a, a chef in the kitchen. I got everything on high. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just turned all the way up. <laughs> all the way up, you know, just like, ah, hey, you know, I can cook everything. But yes, the question is, are you organizing what you're making if you know your roast your pot roast is going to take two hours start that first put in the ovens let that you know simmer if you know you're cooking rice if you know what ingredients that you need you need to know the adjustment and the the temperature that it needs to be cooked and you can't possibly walk away from that's called scaling you can walk away because my mother (laughs) she used to tell me denise you don't see that smoke i'm like what smoke and i'm watching tv you know she was like, Lord God, I pray my daughter know how to cook. Thank God I do now. <laughs> but I used that illustration as a wholesaler that I knew at the time when I was sitting in the classroom, I had to be really honest with myself that I start stuff, but I don't finish. So if I'm going to, uh, if I want to learn this and want to use this as an av- avenue to get out of my situation, then I need to hire, I need to hire a mentor. I need people around me that speak the same language. I need to study. I need to read the books that is already already out there, whatever YouTube. So I end up submerging myself 
in the process and I had to do a major mindset to move forward. Mm -hmm. Because if I didn't, I don't think I would still be involved in real estate or as a wholesaler. I, I believe that I probably go back into taxes again because again, that's what I've been. I know that all my pretty much my adult life. However, making that decision at the three-day training to hire a mentor. Now, the mentor was ten thousand dollars. Now, again. All I had was negative 259. So that's something I would love to tell farther into this interview of how was I able to be mentored and with no money. <laughs> Go ahead, please share. Because one of the things that happen is people, because I, I always tell people, go to these seminars. Don't go with a closed mindset knowing that, hey, they're going to ask you to run to the back of the table and buy this course or anything like that. Two things that I tell people to go to the seminar for is because when you have these, these national rodeo shows is pretty much you have these gurus going around from state to state to state. Normally, it's somebody local to that market that's telling that guru, hey, you know what, you need to come into this market. So I always tell people, go and see who that guru is affiliated with and latch on to that person that's in your local market. And that's what it sounds like, you know, one of the strategies that you was doing. And not only that, too, do exact, exactly what you said. Go be first, record, listen. Everything they're giving you is there. You just have to know how to connect the dots. So, Dornish, tell us, negative $259 in the bank, what gave you the gall to step up and say, hey, I'm going to raise my hand. I got $10,000 to get this mentor. So, I'm sitting in, you know, like I say, it's like, they tell you, of course, they sublimely say, hey, you know, there will be some counselors at the end, you know, so I'm already know this is a salesy, okay? So, yep. again, because I'm, again, I'm a hustler, and I know what hustling sounds like, right. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're about to hustle me out something. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. But during the process of the breaking down of mental blocks that I had for myself, I'm like, okay, I don't have... $10,000. I don't even have the money to get into the seminar. Thank God I won the raffle right. to get there, you know? <laughs> so, but they don't know that. And so I, what, what my mentor till this day, his name is AC. He's like, if, if you sign up, I'm going to shorten your learning curve. That's all I wanted. I didn't. And then, so when I sat in the bag, they had me fill out the phone and said, Hey, the class isn't start until months later. Bet again, I'm an entrepreneur, tax season right around the corner. I can do a couple I of taxes. I can hustle this money up. And I can hustle this money up. Now, mind you, that was my mind. That was my game plan. When that time to show up, I didn't have $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have it. I did not have it. But I think it was the favor of God. That's all I can say. I walked into the classroom sliding you know when you said now i'm sliding in the back because i don't want to be in the front you know i want to be way in the back just hand yep. me that binder. <laughs> hand me that binder close that door if i'm in it i'm good i'm you good know? right so i end up sitting in the back of the classroom just but what they end up doing on the first day was put me on the bus and open my eyes all the little signs that says we buy houses, I, we all have seen. 
Yep. We yep. see the neon yellow, pinks, and greens, and buy we you know you know the we buy ugly houses commercial. But once they put me on this little small uh, charter bus and drive around the local areas of Houston, literally my eyes was like, "What has happened? And what is this?" And doing that, I was now mind you. I still haven't paid the ten thousand dollars. Right. Mm-hmm. So you just slid on the bus. I slid. On, <laughs> hey, every day was favor. Okay. <laughs> every day was favor for me. But what I did, you know, find out was in the training each day. What they did in three days, they just stretched it out for a whole week. I was like, well, okay, that's even better. Now I'm able to ask more questions and do yep. everything else. But they say you and one of the. Uh, keynote speakers like either you have time or money well i had a whole bunch of time mm-hmm. but no money no so money every, after every uh session on monday it's from it was not it was eight hours for five days i get off at five get in my mom's car because mind you i didn't have a car at the time and i would drive for dollars i would use what they told me and i had a gift of skip tracing so i skip traced okay. this young lady Found out, found her mother and her father in Atlanta, found a criminal report that was free, found out that she's in foreclosure. Like, I had so much information. And I also started in uh, a neighborhood that I knew very near and dear, a neighborhood that I was raised in, which is in Third Ward here in Houston, that caused me to go to where I knew first. And by the end of the course, that Friday, I had a deal. There you go. I had a deal, and I ended up wholesaling it for fifteen thousand dollars. I paid them their five, their ten, and I kept five. Okay, so let's 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 chew on this real quick because yeah. I got some good stuff that I took out of there, <laughs> Dornisha. So, what I like to tell people is, use what you have, and that's exactly what you had. You had all that you have is all that you need. All that you have is, if so if you are uh, a customer service, that's all you need. Like, you know how to talk to customers. If you were uh, a salesperson, that's all that you need. If you was a person that know how to organize documents, that is all that you need to get involved in wholesaling. Like, it's mind-blowing, but it's so simple. All that you have in you and yourself that you have acquired from years to come is all that you need. That's, that's, I mean, that's golden because uh, people make a lot of excuses. You know, I don't have the money. You just debunked that. You was, you walked into the class negative 249. You know, they said, well, I don't have the education. Well, you got to get around the right people. I don't know where to look. You got to open up your eyes and start seeing. So you use exactly what you had. Again, you had the favor of God. That's the best thing right there. You know it, right? (laughs) That's the best thing. So but you got on that bus and because you, so, so, so two things that happened more than two things was you took the risk. You said, Hey, you know what? I don't got this $10,000. I don't have this 10 racks, but I'm going to show up anyway. And I'm just going to see what happened because you get to that point where, and I always say, and I learned this phrase where pride is too expensive. When you broke, you can't walk around 
being prideful. Be yourself on that. Oh, Jesus, that was good. <laughs> you can't be prideful when when you have nothing. You got to start from the bottom. So whatever you have, you got to use that. So you said, okay, I got negative two, 249. I'm going to make it happen with this. I'm going to slide into this classroom. If they kick me out, they kick me out. But I'm going to take the risk. It's 50-50. Well, you was on a good 50 side. You know, you ended up getting on the bus. You know, now... They're talking, you're exposed to everything in society that most people don't see. You know, you're noticing the We Buy Ugly Houses sign. You're noticing the bandit signs. You know, you're noticing the houses with the tall grass and things like that. And you took action. So it's like, okay, I learned all of this stuff. Now let me get out here and do something with it. And that's exactly what you did. You know, so yes, they cut down that learning curve because Again, you would have had to go to YouTube University, try and figure all of this stuff out, try and piece it together, you know, and then it makes no sense. And you found this mentor in the meantime, and you got a deal. So just think if you wouldn't have slid into that classroom, you wouldn't have never knew Skip Trace. You wouldn't have never knew what to look for. And that really helped you, you know, to get to get going. So you got this deal, Dornisha. You closed 15 racks. 10 went to them, you got the other five, <laughs> you know, what's going on now? What, what happens after that? From that moment, it became real. I think what's going on with a lot of wholesalers are oh, wait, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Got to go back. Got to go back. Got to go back. Because I know people are going to say, okay, well, yeah, she closed the deal, but what happened? How did she do it? So tell us about the seller. What, what was the situation? You said they were in pre foreclosure. They was in Atlanta. How did you navigate closing this deal? Okay, so the house was here in Houston. The daughter was here in Houston, but I skipped Trace, and thank God my mother, again, all that you have is all that you need. My mom used to work at a collection agency. So she used okay. to teach me how to skip Trace before it became the theme of the, of the century right now, 2020. You got to get a skip Trace. So I knew how to skip Trace from the Ruta to the Tuta. I end up searching the owner found out she was in, of course, I saw the yellow sign that was a violation sign in the yard due to drive. So the, uh, how did I find it is driving for dollars. Okay. Drove into a neighborhood that I was familiar with. I saw the high weeds. I saw all the signs that I was taught that Monday, Tuesday, cause I found it Wednesday. Wrote down the address. I skipped trace that particular property. She was there. Lights were on. I dropped my business card. I dropped my contract. She didn't respond. I took the additional extra step and I found her mother and her father who lived in Atlanta. Okay. Because the ad, the phone number that I had on me was disconnected, but I knew she was there. Like, okay. Right. You can, like, <laughs> you, you just see, know I see you. Right. I see you. See me, see you. Okay. Right. <laughs> So I took the, you know, again, out of, I got to get this deal done. Like, I, no matter what, I have to get this deal done. So I went and I found the mother and father. Mother didn't have a really good close relationship, but the father did. They, you know, and I love my early senior family. They just, I tell you this, the rule of thumb is less talking and more listening. Yep, there you go. Told a lot of about her which gave me some ammunition when I did have the opportunity to talk to her. 
already knew she was in jail before for something else. So I knew I was talking to the right person and the right family member. So the father ended up giving me the numbers to, like unconsciously. And I always had pen and paper because you just never know yep, what yep. you're going to get. I, so I'm writing that number down and I'm trying to get a double check because he said it twice to make sure, but I want to get it the third time. He's like, maybe if you give me your number, that's okay. I got the number. I just want to make sure. Right, right, right. I, I got it. it <laughs> <laughs> so called her, you know, she didn't answer. Uh, the mm -hmm. persistence that I had, I left her a message. I also did a little trick that I know that car salesmen do. And this is the gym. Have you ever noticed in the mailbox, they back in the day, it, I want to sound, oh, I'm aging myself, but they used to mail off car keys. Yep, yep, sure did. To direct mail out to other people that's in their neighborhood of what a dealership. You bring the car key back to the dealership. And of course, it's a dummy. So, yep. but they just need you. They need the body. They need, right? So mm -hmm. I end up writing a check. Wow. Slid it, slid it in her, her mailbox, told her to call me. She couldn't cash until she called me. There you go. There you go. Ingenious. So, so now was it, was the check good or was it, it was just a blank check? Kind of hey, what was it, going it, on it, with it the was, check? It's the same checking account that had a negative $259. <laughs> <laughs> I felt very comfortable that she couldn't cash it because it right. was at the <laughs> right, right, right. But the trick was for her to give you a give you a call. All I needed to do is give me a call. She gave me a call again. I ended up using the relationship. It's let me tell you about wholesaling. It's a no like trust factor. Yep. That's really the secret sauce to wholesaling. If they don't know you, they won't like you. If they don't like you, they won't trust you. Mm -hmm. And half of the time, it's never about the property. It's always about them in their situation. So I had, I knew that, hey, I talked to your mom. I even used her first and last name and her father. So she knew that I knew her. Right, And it right. was not a collection uh, call. This was like, I know enough about you for you to trust me so we can get you out of the situation. She was just staying there until the foreclosure happened. I said, why would you lose all this equity that you have acquired? I understand that she, she lost her job. She, she had a couple of miscarriages. Her husband left her. So it was, a, it was really heavy. But she stayed there until she get kicked out. And I knew her parents wanted her to relocate back home. So, you know, I'm, now I'm a counselor. Yep, yep. You're <laughs> providing am, a solution I'm, for her. I have a solution for her. How about you move back home with some money instead of moving back home with no money? Yep, what would yep. that look like? What would that money look like? How would this affect you to at least come home with something after the hard work that you have done buying this house? I understood it took you a while to, you know, for the down payment. Why mm -hmm. not get some of that money back? And so when I start presenting a solution to her situation, which is living point blank, then it became easy for her to sign my contract. Once she signed my contract, my now while she's signing the contract, my heart is beating fast. And <laughs> I'm just like, Jesus, is this about to happen? Right. And when she signed it, I hurry up, get out that uh, her house and run my car and start screaming for joy because I'm one step closer. Like now I'm thinking, it's so like because <laughs> That's what they told me. <laughs> but they ain't talking about this extra work. Like, 
we're not done yet. We, right, we're, right. We halfway. We are halfway. The that was the easy part. Wait a minute, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> right. The times I put it in, that was easy. But the answer was yes. That was the easy part. Now, now you got to go through negotiating with the bank. I had to negotiate with the bank. I had to. She had liens on it. Like I was, and I learned so much with that deal. And so when I when I brought the deal, now mind you. This is not during the whole week. This is once the class was over with, I was still working on this deal. And then when I had it down packed that I couldn't go any further, I reached out to my mentor and then, you know, I negotiated with them. So, hey, they said, well, well, you haven't paid. Well, here's a deal. Right, right. Here go my money right here. Help here's me my money right here. <laughs> you, you, you have 20,000 buyers. Here it is. Right. Let's shoot it over. This is a real contract. This is who she is. You know, Todd has been open. Everything else is really good to go. And then, of course, seven days later, it closed. And I had no problem. I was eager to give them that $10,000. If they did not do their part, I don't think I would be able to do my part, which is the, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, even though I still, I had everything, I had the drive, I had the, the, the audacious to knock on doors. I had all of that, but it was everywhere. Right. But what they ended up doing was horning it down and being my guide and my buffer for so all the things that I had in myself, I was able to go and knock on doors and talk to people and, and, and get things done. And I think that's a great purpose you know, that's why I tell people, I'm a strategist coach. I just guide you. Yep. That's what I do. I guide you into your deal, you know, and I, I also write down, I tell everyone, write it down on a journal of each deal because every deal will never be the same, but it does have the same foundation. So very good. Very good. And that's, that's one of the things that people don't seem to understand is when you're getting started, you have things everywhere. Everything is scattered. Let's go back to that cooking analogy. You know, you have your seasoning salt, garlic salt, your meat, your vegetables, you know, your water, your oil, everything. And everything is in the kitchen. You know, yeah. everything is in the kitchen. Everything is there, but you don't know how to put it together. And that's what that strategist and that coach and that mentor does is help you put it all together. Yes, you can eventually figure it out, but once you're done cooking, you know, after it takes you way longer than what it should, will it taste as good as it would if you had a chef in the kitchen with you? Sometimes, you know, you, you get ready to make this apple pie and you have everything and you put it in the oven, take it out. And it's like, oh, this ain't, this don't taste like what I, what I think it should taste like, you know, it's because you, you may have forgot something. You may have missed a step. And that's the way it is with wholesaling is if, you know, every deal is different. Every recipe is different. And if you don't add the right pieces, you're going to come out and you're going to have an upset seller. You're going to have an upset buyer. You're going to be upset. You know, you're going to ruin your credibility because you're trying to throw all of this stuff in this pot and don't know how to mix it up together. You know, Absolutely. So, very, very good. So, man, I love the faith. I love the faith because you had the faith to show up for the 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 uh, three day seminar with negative two forty nine in the bank. You had the faith to walk in the classroom knowing you didn't have a ten thousand dollars. You had the faith to walk up to the door and talk to this girl or to this lady and say, "Hey, I can help you out." You had faith to go back 
you know, to the mentor and say, hey, I don't have the $10,000, but I'm bringing something with me. I'm bringing a deal that's going to get you your $10,000. You know, so very, very, very strong foundational principles that you're, that you're using, Dornisha, to, to bring this first deal, you know, to pass. And this is one of the things that I tell people is that, again, all you have is all you need. Whatever you, whatever you got, you got to use that. And you got to start with that. You can't look at, you know, what I don't have and, and who I don't know. You got to use what you got. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me get off my soapbox. You no, know, no, I you're get fine. I get excited about it because it's, it's miracles, you know, that happen, you know, and that, that's a miracle because most people will look at, at your situation and be like, how does she have the audacity or the gall to even sign up for this? $10,000 coach when you have nothing in the bank. You don't even have a car. You're using your mom's car, you know, so. I was broke. That's, that was it. That was so <laughs> much pain. That was a thorn in my side. And I remember even in that, see, you know, it's the process. You know, you always, I'd rather remember the process and the journey than the outcome. Because what happened is we forget the process. I remember waking up every morning after the course uh, the training, my mom's like, you going to get a job? I'm like, yeah, I do have a job. What is it? And you have to, as entrepreneurs, we have to be isolated, unfortunately. Yep, yep. Because a couple of things. If, you are, if you're that type of person that start and stop, they, when I say they, friends, family, neighbors, saw you starting and stopping. So you can, it's too early to reveal what you're doing. So I told my mom, I have a job. I wake up at eight. I'm out the door by nine. Come back home by five. Where now? Where was I? I was at Starbucks. I was in some neighborhoods. I came back home at five. And then now, mind you, now this is the 15,000. So she did, you know, it, there was like a fluke to her. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. You got luck. I remember, I, I, I remember vividly through this process one, I had to get out of my way. And I knew my mother was my crutch. I knew my mom was, you know, I had this analogy, or I used to tell myself, it's fog, it's a big old fog, there's a beam, and you walk. And I made it halfway on this beam, and I would always go back. That's me starting and stopping. And so I remember falling off this little beam and get caught. Who was catching me? My mother caught me. I used to go, I can move back to my mom's house. Yep. I can always get a, a little, little piece of job, a nine to five. I would always, you know, those things. And then jump back on that being, say, okay, try it again. So once I got on this negative 259, I said, if I perish, I perish. If I fall and fail, so be it. Mm -hmm. Once I removed that net from under that beam and realized if I walk back halfway to a beam and walk back to where I was started, I could have went ahead and went walked the whole way. <laughs> yep. But once I realized I got to the halfway and I just took one step, one step, you know, and made it across, that's how I was able to close the 15. And then, you know, driving around, driving for dollars again and got a deal for ten dollars and sold it for 114000 You know, like the like once I present that check to my mother, it became real. Yep, 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 yep. And, um, but at first, it had to be real with me first. Then true. it became real with the other person. Now my mother, you know, I remember cutting her a $17,000 check for her business that she needed. And I had the funds. You know, that was something that was so refreshing. 
but I had to keep my, uh, I was in an incubating state of not exposing too early of what I'm doing. People knew I was doing stuff, but I didn't expose myself too soon because I didn't want to hear, I already had the naysaying, it was me. Right, right. Yep. I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. But if I had the the audience of the ones who are fearful of uncertainty impose their belief on me, then again, I don't think I'll be able to finish you got finish there. to the finish. Yeah, got to the finish line. That's true. And 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 like you said, a lot of it is mindset because it's not Yes, other people can say negative things, but it's what you, in your quiet time, you know, right before you go to bed, right when you wake up, you get those negative thoughts. You know, what are you doing? You know, how are you out here trying to trying to buy a house and you have negative $259 in the bank? What are you doing? Are you crazy? Dornisha, wake up. You know, go out there and get you a job. You know, go back to taxes. You know, and it's those things, people, that you have to know how to block out and you have to know how to overcome those things that you're that you're telling yourself and that you're seeing you know so you have to project something new onto what you're doing because you knew it you was like i'm in this class i see the possibilities i see the opportunities i'm gonna go and get it no matter what no matter what i'm telling myself no matter what other people may say i am going to get it so how did you go? Now, you just glossed over. I mean, you just seriously glossed over. I got this property for $10 and sold it for 114000 You can't gloss over, you know, something like that because that's, that's, that's money in the bank. <laughs> Tell us about that. What happened? You know, let's go from deal one to deal two. We know deal one, okay. Deal, you made that was deal grand. number three. Okay. That was deal number three. I use, again, the same formula. Drove around, drop for dollars is where it is at. Buying the list is cool, you know, everything else, but I just had $10, $20 in my account, you know, go driving. I'm still in my mother's car. I haven't changed that. I saw this house back in the neighborhood that I'm familiar with and kind of find out the, the husband was deceased in the 80s, but the wife was still uh, living. I found her. Like, literally, I found her on my birthday, to be honest and through skip tracing so she was she's very witty and she's still living to this day older lady she's smart but in the probate will the husband did not want her to make any decision on any of rental properties that he acquired and so the executor was his brother well he passed away and then the next executor was her brother, which she, she was fine with that because she would tell him what to do and she, and then it was done. And, do it, and yeah. so I remember the deal that I I found her. It was not the one as for 114000 It was another deal. Well, she was signing so many contracts with other wholesalers, whoever gives the best deal close first type of thing, which end up causing a conflict with several wholesalers. Some of them gave up. The others continued. It was so interesting that the other wholesaler that was on this other, you know, that talked to her was one of the guys that spoke with me at my training, my coaching. Okay. He was one of the speakers. So I knew him and we negotiated. And then I, and then the crazy part is, you know, we had an assignment. I ended up making $2,000 off that deal when he made eight. 
And then I had to, it was just a mess, but it allowed me to learn from my mess. So I end up picking her up in my car and I drove her to the title company. Mm -hmm. No one else would do that. I, I'm going, I want to make sure I get my $2,000. Right, right. Since I couldn't get the other uh, 10, I'll get it. I'll take the two. So what set me apart from everyone else is my no like trust factor. I picked her up on time. She got in my car, drove her to the title company. During that ride, I asked her about the house on the corner. And she said, oh, baby, it's burnt down. And it was, it was, it was, it was a duplex. And it was burnt down and she wanted nothing to do with it. So she sold it to me for $10. Wow. Because of relationship. Yep. Only because of the fact that I took the step further. Yeah, that 2000 is what it was. I, but I was able to get that house, that building for two, for $10. Right now, it's worth 250000 Now, I wish these are moments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could have kept it, but. I didn't because I was in a flip and I needed to be liquid. And so, but I sold it for $114,000 and that was it. And, and, and that's one of the things that people have to understand. Like you said, the no like and trust factor, because, you know, there's always wholesalers marketing and things like that. You know, these, these sellers are getting bombarded with marketing, but if you just go just a little bit further than the next person, you know, like you said, okay, I'm going down to the title company anyway to pick up my $2,000. Come on, you know, ride with me. I'll get you down there, you know, and, and in the midst of you having that conversation, you know, you made $114,000 on another deal. Everybody else had that same exact opportunity, but they didn't seize that opportunity and you did. So you made this money and, and you made a great relationship, you know, with this, with this senior citizen and you helped her out, out of her situation because she probably would have lost that duplex, you know, oh, although yeah. it's it, 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 had, it was red tape on it as well, but I dealt with the red tape. Mm -hmm. She didn't care, you know, she used to say it's burnt down, was on fire and everything else. But she was smart, though. She was a very, she was, not was, she is a smart lady. And she still had more property. I could literally go back to her and see if she wants to sell the rest of her book, her book of business. That's how, that's how important to have relationships with people. That's all it is. It's nothing but relationships yep. with people. And people will end up referring you more deals. If I didn't build and cultivate, like she liked pork skins. Take her some. There you go. <laughs> yep. You can have the pork skin, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, it just makes it, it sets me apart. Even whenever I'm on the phone talking to a potential seller, I just got off the phone with someone else. Great. I don't say, oh, okay, well, let me hang up. Cause they mm -hmm. mad. No, I'm like, great. The reason why we always we're hunting for this property because you have value right, and you're not right. valuing your property. How about this cash out? The mm -hmm. climate, the pandemic is what's going on. Do you want to be liquid? 
Do you be like, what are you planning on doing with it in 2021? Like, I just took another way around talking to people and finding out what they want. I just tell a lot of wholesalers, we're only two things. We're marketers and problem solvers. If you can solve a problem and you can market, that yep, is it. That's it. You know, we're, we're, I don't care about, I mean, as a, as a flipper, I care about the roof and I care about the societies. I care about, cause that's, that's eating my right, car. Right, right. As a wholesaler, I care about how deep I can deeply discount to get the money that I want and the position that I'm on, that I'm in, so I can assign it to another end buyer. Because that's B2B sales. Yep, yep, you got it. That's B2B. Dornisha, a lot of good things. We're going to take a quick break, okay? And we're going to come back, and then we're going to talk about what you're doing in Houston, some of the flips. And, man, we, we still haven't even touched on these other markets that you're in. I'm just having fun. I'm, I'm loving this conversation. So let's, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of your flips and what you're doing in these other, other markets. PropString is the industry's number one tool for locating distressed properties and connecting with highly motivated sellers with 100% coverage across the U.S. PropString provides a deep dive into any property's specific details making it easy to generate lists of distressed properties and contact to the owners. No other product or service can compare. Gain access to MLS property details like expired listings. You can pull accurate comps, even sale prices in non-disclosure states. This information is typically reserved for licensed real estate professionals, but is also available to you in PropStream. Gain access to unlimited nationwide property search, comparable home sales, targeted marketing lists, and owner contact lookup, built-in marketing tools, hundreds of filters to search and sort leads. Start your free seven-day trial now by going to crowd.propstreampro.com slash we love it. All right, guys, we are back with Dornisha rehabbing in heels, guys. She's based out of Houston, but she's doing things, you know, across the South and the Midwest. Make sure you reach out to her. She has a very active Instagram page, uh, rehabbing in heels. So check her out. So Dornisha, tell us, we talked about some of your, your wholesale deals. How did you get into flipping? I got into flipping because I start inquiring more and more about making more money. Now, here's the thing: flip uh, wholesaling, we only get capped. Well, I don't say capped at ten thousand. My deals are twenty to sixty because I know how to negotiate. Mm -hmm. I just knew that I wanted a bigger slice of the pie. Okay. So yep. I progress. I built capital. My first flip. <laughs> so my first flip again, no money. And no credit. That's okay. what they told me. Yep, now, yep. mind you, I had money, but I didn't have a lot of money. And so I went, my, during the process, I met a buyer who I was wholesaling to. He suggested his property in my favorite area, Third Ward. Because they used to call me Third Ward Queen because that's all I would buy is Third Ward. That was it. I wouldn't venture out any any other markets until later in, later in my career. So I did the numbers, I negotiated the property, found a hard money lender, and I found a gap funder Okay. to fund not only the closing costs, but also the first, they want skin in the game. 
Mm-hmm. So the first part of me doing uh, my rehab. Now, mind you, <laughs> no mind. How's your experience? <laughs> <laughs> And fixing and flipping. Hell, HGTV couldn't tell me nothing. All I saw was they bought a house, they put it together, and the end. I didn't know there was days behind that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, did a, they did a phenomenal job editing, okay? Right, right. So, but again, I found the right people. You know, I lost my shirt in that one, but it was the best $269,000. I call it University of Barbie because that's the name of the property. And I learned so much that will allow me to, you know, to do what I'm doing currently. But the beginning stages is I found a hard money lender. Again, it's the no like trust factor. If you're in a person's face a lot and you show up, like all I knew was just show up. I went to self-directed IRA breakfast. I went to self-directed IRA lunches and Christmas parties. and, And I did that for 90 days, 90 days straight. And I would always pitch a ghost deal. Okay. I didn't have a deal in place, but I would pitch. Okay. Because I need to be in front of people. People, the right people. I I just need to be in front of people and the people will come to me. Hey, when you have this deal, let me know. So when I had this deal, I went back to everyone that knew me. Hey, this is DJ. Oh, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. I say, I got a property. They shut it over and it's okay. Cool. I found a hard money lender that that catered to first-time flippers. Again, I'm always there. And so the great thing about credibility is people know who you are. That was my line of credit. Yep, yep. My mentor was at a Christmas party, and they knew him because of his organization that I was taught by, which means they know that I know my, my stuff. Your stuff, right. Right. And so having him vouch for me was like credit. Oh, mm-hmm. DJ, hands down. That's the ultimate got credit. Word that was mouth. the ultimate credit. And which ended up convincing my Gap founder, who I never met till this day, Tom Tour, <laughs> still never met her, uh, funded over, I was asking 55, and she's like, well, where's your skin? And so I think, for, again, that hustling side of me, well, you know, how about this? Since, you know, you don't know me. I don't know you. How about 35000 Now, mind you, <laughs> that's enough for me to close. Right, right. I need to get the, I need the, the money to close my deal and then get to the first draw. That's all I care about. And she said, okay. So my closing cost was like 15000 which left me $20,000 to get to my first draw. And I did that. Now, fifty five would wouldn't be even better, but, you know, she gave me she gave me 35. All I went inside the title company was signed papers. That was it. Perfect, perfect. So how did you so is this the deal that you lost your shirt on or was this a different deal? No, no. No, the, the deal that I lost my shirt on. I did I was doing so much. Again, HGTV clouded my judgment. I was spending way too much money on tile. I was spending way too much money on retouching stuff. Oh, oh my God. Touching my contractor, mismeasured the cabinets. My my stove door couldn't come out because there was a dishwasher door. I mean, it was hell, okay? A headache, right, right. 
I was supposed to build a three bedroom. I had another bedroom, and another bath. I just had another bath and no bedroom. Just put a beautiful deck out there. My so you was doing an addition, also. Yeah, I was. Look, let me tell you. Oh, you was going all in. I was going all in. Now the question is, I would have able to master that, but I didn't know. I really didn't know. So I would have mastered to get in that three bedroom too bad because I did. I did half of the work. The decking was the same amount of framing. Right. The brick. Right. I mean, it was it was so much stuff that I knew for a fact I could have done, but I chose not to because of fear. Gotcha. And it was my first deal. And I kept on touching it. Like touching when I say touching the property, the each time you touch your property on the same thing, you're losing money. I was in it for eight months when I was supposed to be in it for for three. <laughs> mm. Mm. Losing money. Losing like all the equity. I was supposed, I was supposed to be making eighty thousand dollars, and I walked away at the closing table with twenty five hundred dollars. The best twenty five hundred dollars you made, huh? And at the time, this is when Harvey hit Houston. Okay. So now, mind you, I was, it was supposed to be a three bedroom, two bath. So whenever. And it's all about exit strategy. I, I, I made my my bucket of clients shrink because who want a two bedroom, two bath house? Yeah. So I my pool was really massive when I had a three two. Now I got to find a niche of people that don't mind a two two. Yeah, you was really limiting that buyer pool. You know when you lost that that other bedroom. So and I didn't know this until afterwards. But when, but here's the thing: you, I had until this day an amazing listing agent that knew me, they knew my business, they knew how to get me. And I ended up having multiple offers. The only reason why we had multiple offers was for the fact that, thank God, Fat Harvey, Fat Far, Fat Harvey came and flood Houston to the point that all the properties that was on the market in that same neighborhood or near the neighborhood or whatever flooded oh so you were saved by the hurricane (laughs) (laughs) saved by the hurricane by the hurricane that hurricane was the best hurricane ever (laughs) because i was like and i have multiple offers i mean so many people want to buy it now that it has value so i ended up selling it for 269 instead of three something pay her off because remember i gotta pay off the loan then yep. don't like i said i was in foreclosure at least three times so remember i had a wholesale deal that that i bought the house for ten thousand. i had to sell that to make it 114 so i can because i was stubborn i was still in my way you're not going to threaten me and put me in foreclosure and take my property that i had already invested 80 dollars wow. in so i had to sell what i had in my my pocket it's like playing Monopoly. So I, I cashed out mm-hmm. on my, my, I sold it for 114, finished out the property. I, and till this day, it's a beautiful property. So now, but again, it taught me so much. Like losing is a lesson. It is. It is. And that's what people got to understand is you can't be afraid to lose because the only thing you're going to gain from that 
is the education on the next deal, how to do the next deal. And then you take so much from each deal that you do, you know, and that's how people progress, you know, and do bigger deals and do more deals and do deals in other states. So, DJ, so you did the fix and flipping. How did you get, real real quick, how yes. did you get to other markets like Florida and Georgia and Alabama and stuff like that? Um, so... As I progress here in Houston, I still fix and flip. I don't do as many, but I wanted to test the market. And so I went back. Once I look at all of my lessons that I've acquired from building custom homes, buy and hold, fix and flip here in Houston, I wanted to scale. I wanted to see if I can tap into different markets. So I start from the beginning, which is wholesaling. I treat it like you know, it was my first deal. So I didn't know what area to market. So I ended up testing it through text messages. That was cheap. So yeah. I bought a list. I knew I couldn't drive for dollars because I'm not in that city. Mm-hmm. So I'm not familiar with the city. But I do know this. There's a hood next to downtown. It doesn't okay. matter what city, what state that you're in. If you go to down the center of downtown and then drive north, south, east, and west, I promise you, you will hit the hood. You're going to run into something. <laughs> You're going to run into something. So with my own experience, with my own knowledge here in Houston, all I did is copy and paste it in a totally different city. I did direct mail out. I did ringless IVRs, ringless voicemail. I've And I still do this. So everything that I'm talking about, I still do it now to branch out. My goal for 2021 is to see if I can double and do 14 states. Why not? It's, it's, it's the same. Yeah. So how, how, so how do you get a chance for someone? So if someone is looking at doing virtual wholesaling, how do they, like you said, you're in Houston. How did you find somebody in Florida to go and take pictures and, and things like that? How did you hire students? I went, I went, I went and post an ad on um, Craigslist and hired a student. Also I hired a notary. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's one of the things that I tell people. If you need if you need your documents signed, what better person who's a mobile notary that charges seventy five dollars to hundred dollars, whatever, to drive to that property, let them sign. Also, I do a lot of online. So if I'm focusing on, here's the thing: if you're focusing with elderly, you know you have you need to have a person there. in front of them. Yep, yep. They're not tech savvy, but if I'm focusing on a cousin or a niece that's old enough, I can send over contracts via email and mm-hmm. they find them right then and there because i'm literally in front of my computer sending it over i send over cash offers within seven minutes so as soon as i'm on the phone i'm offering i'm saying if you are interested in me giving you an offer seven minutes the secret key to that is you just want them on the phone yep you're gonna be on the phone with the person longer than seven minutes but all they hear is seven or five minutes and they feel well i got five minutes to waste mm-hmm and let me see what I can get out of this five minutes. You know, they're right. making me an offer. Let me see. Let me just see. So, right. And I'm going to end up keeping you longer than that. I'm going to end up keeping you two hours. Right. Because I want to find out what's going on with this property. I want to find out if it's help. even yeah. worth my time even doing it. So, yeah. And I also use a lot of Google Earth. So, to be a virtual wholesaler, all you need is a computer. You need a list. But you need to have a campaign that you want to identify. I will suggest that you do absentee owners out of state and start with that list. And then also go on section8.com and see how many 
those are buying holes. That's a buyer's list. They need in order for them to be on the section eight, yep. no matter where it's at, they are buyers and holders. So you want to look at their zip code if you're trying to find a, the right zip code or the hot zip code for that particular market. And then from there, if you buy a list, scrub it. When I mean scrubbing, skip trace it. Make sure you have valid phone numbers. Well, I don't know a skip tracing company. Well, you can go to Fiverr.com and type in skip tracing. Yep, yep. You can, I mean, you know? all, all of the information is out there. People just got to stop being lazy. Yes, I'm talking to you that's listening right now. Stop making excuses. Stop being lazy and get out there. You can Google everything else. You can Google, you know, Retro 5 Jordans. You can Google, you know, everything else. Google Skip Tracing. Spend a little money on your business and on yourself versus, you know, everything else that you waste money on. 100%. And so, then from there, just test the market. And if you... You test it for two weeks. If it come back with the information that you need, then you just tell it to double down. I would suggest everyone read Compound Effect. The Compound Effect will allow you to do things doubled. Double, yep. Start start with all you have. We keep saying that. We keep saying that. Start with the little bit that you have, and it will expand, and it will push you, and it will make you, you know, go to the next level. So, I mean. Excellent, excellent information, DJ. So let's do this. Right now, I want I want to go into, you know, and put you on a hot seat. So we're going to roll into our hot seat questions real quick. You gave us tons of information. I think I'm going to have to have you back on the show because we touched on a little bit of things because we didn't even talk really about your virtual wholesaling. So I'm, I'm going to probably have you back on, you know, for those that want to learn more about virtual wholesaling. So let's. Go into the hot seat. We're going to put DJ on the hot seat real quick, real quick. So, DJ, answer these questions for me um, as quick as possible. You can elaborate some. Starting over, what would you do different? What do I do differently? Starting over. Ah, I, I probably keep the same because that's what I did. I was... Okay. I was I was desperate. So what would I do different? I probably would. I don't think there's much you could do different because of the situation that you was in. I was already in this. I was already my back was against the wall to the point that I. The only different thing is to have money. But then again, I mean, yeah, having having some type of money in my account to do more marketing and spending would made it much easier, but. The steps that I, I took was to go to REI, go to a seminar when it's free, and and driving for dollars, that's all I needed to get to my first deal. I can get to my first deal right now just by getting out in my car and driving around. Okay, you guys hear from DJ. Just get out there. You already in the neighborhood. You know, just walk around. You just got to open up your eyes and see what's out there. So, DJ, what is one thing you could do to be more productive? organize writing out my until this day i still have to organize myself so on sundays i need to write out today's schedule if i write out today today is over with i'm in today yep so writing out my plan if i work a nine to five and that means i need to be i need to be up early to schedule my virtual 
offers. And then when I get off of work, I need to make sure I follow up with my virtual offers. Timing and blocking out time makes it more productive. You can you can do like one of my mentees did seven deals and made six figures. You know, it's not about how many deals, yeah. to, you know, it's just how you're able to identify the problem and get the most out of it. And that's, that's one of the things that I always tell people is, you know, some people brag, well, I did, you know, 75 deals, you know, things like, but I'm like, okay, well, let me see the HUD. Okay. You did 75 deals, but each one of them, you made $1,500. You know, I'd rather do 10 deals and each one of them, you know, net me $13,000 and I make $130,000 versus the rigorous, you know, trying to, do 75 deals and only making $1,500 on each deal. That's, that's nonsense. So glad you kind of touched on that. So what do you think you need to push you to the next level? Get yourself, just move, get out of your way. Tell your saboteur, see a saboteur is in front of you, which needs to be back of you. Give yourself permission to make a call. I make, I give myself permission every morning is to be happy, to fail, to make money, to be happy, to be silly. I give permission. Permission is an action. So I wake up in the morning. I give my permission to get in the car and drive around. I give uh-huh. myself permission to talk to five people. That's what will make you successful by giving yourself your own self-permission to do something that you always wanted to do. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And What's next for you? What's next for me right now for the for this last quarter, Q4, I'm not even wholesaling. I'm actually coaching uh, and mentoring first-time established or in, intermediate wholesalers who want to wholesale, who want to virtually wholesale, who has a nine-to-five, who don't have a nine-to-five, and I'm really coaching them to succeed by the end of 2020. So my goal this at the end of this quarter is to make six figure uh, earners in wholesaling. Okay, so DJ, wrapping up here, how can we find you? How can we get in touch with you? So, if someone is saying, Hey, you know what? I'm in Houston, I dig what she's saying, I need to get up with DJ. How can we find you? You can definitely find me in all the social media platforms, which is and Facebook is Rehab in IN High Heels. Instagram is Rehab, N-I-N, High Heels. YouTube, I train if you can't reach me. Like, I, I have clients or mentees that's in Maryland and Puerto Rico and in Hawaii. So you don't have to physically be there with me now with the technology of me seeing you face-to-face. My website is RehabNHighHeels.com. YouTube, Instagram, like everything. Twitter is rehabbing higher. So if you need to find me, I promise you. And there's a bonus. On one of my social media platforms, my phone number is, is exposed. If you And let me tell you this. I've been doing teaching and been coaching for the past two years and only had two people out of 10,000 people found me Fine. because they were desperate. There you go. They didn't want. They, I will email you within twenty four or forty eight hours, or immediately if I'm available. But if you really want to find me, I'm available. Okay, okay. So in parting, DJ, and I'll make sure I have all of that information down in the show notes. You mentioned a book. 
compound effect. I'll make sure I put that in the show notes as well. That way you guys can learn how to take, again, that little, double it up, make it more and make it more. I'll make sure I put the rehabbing and heels, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and website in the show notes below. So in parting, DJ, what is some words of encouragement that you can give those struggling investors that may be, you know, three, four, five months in and haven't done a deal yet? I would say, ask, ask yourself this question. How would it look like? What would it look like if I close this deal? If, and if you, and it's okay to be uncertain because uncertain equals opportunity. It's okay to fall in your face, but fall forward. Give yourself the best permission within the last quarter of this year to make as much money as you want and not be limited because of they. Who is they? Ask that question. Who, who, who am I listening to and why am I listening to them have they ever accomplished anything? Right. <laughs> and right. if they have, then I'll, you know, copy the right cat. That I'm good on. It's okay to copy. Just copy the right cat. Yep. Yep. There you go. You got to know who you're following. Got to know who you're surrounding yourself with. So, DJ, I definitely want to thank you. The listeners I know got a ton of content, got a ton of, you know, inspirational ideas from you and things like that so i want to thank you again we're going to try and follow up do this again so we could talk about the virtual wholesaling it was my pleasure so guys all of the information that you need will definitely be in the show notes hit dj up she's in houston if you in houston dallas atlanta memphis nashville Hit Arkansas, Alabama. Find her, reach out to her because she's definitely doing some things here in the real estate industry that you guys really need to be attached to and connected to. So with that, with that being said, guys, I thank you for being here and we look forward to speaking and seeing you next week. So next week, guys, thank you so much. We love Equity Family, and remember to always enjoy the journey. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that podcast with uh, DJ. She had quite a bit of information. We didn't even touch on half the stuff that I wanted to talk about. Just, Just really stepping out there and jumping out there and getting things done was something that she is definitely a contributor to. She's a woman of action, and I definitely like that. That was one of the things that I wanted to touch on and wanted to harp on and I, that I really wanted you to hear. So guys, stop looking at where you are right now. Know, again, everything that we talked about, it all is summed up with you have to use what you have. All you have is all you need. Use that little bit to get started and progress your way to where you're trying to go. Don't worry about trying to collect so much. And I'm gonna listen to those words myself. I'm working on a project where I'm thinking, well, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, gotta collect all of this stuff. 
and I just need to use what I have where I am to get where I need to go. So guys, remember that. Keep that in mind. I more than likely will do another follow-up podcast with DJ so we could touch into more of the virtual wholesaling, how she's doing it, how she's pulling that off. But I think just what we have, you know, again, sums up what this podcast episode was all about is that all you have is all you need. Take it, run with it and get started. I appreciate you again for being here, guys. Welcome you to join us. If you haven't given us a five-star review, or rating, please do so. If this content is what you're looking for, if it's what you need, feel free to give me a review. Let me know, you know, if I'm headed in the right direction, if I'm doing the right thing, only way I'll be able to know is if you tell me. And don't forget, go to our website, marcusemaloney.com, you know, get free contracts, get free assignment agreements, get what else? We have 15-minute free consultation. I try and offer you tons of stuff so you can limit the excuses and get out there and take action. So youtube.com slash MRCS Maloney, IG.com slash MRCS Maloney, Facebook at Marcus E. Maloney, and Twitter at MRCS Maloney, TikTok at MRCS Maloney. Join us. You can find me everywhere. I want to make sure you get the right content and the right education from the right sources. Okay, guys, remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash MRCS Maloney, Twitter at MRCS Maloney, and of course, IG at MRCS Maloney. You can also always reach me via email at mmaloney at equityri.com. Make sure you reach out to our guest as well. You can always find their contact information in the show notes below. If you have not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Join the family. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview, or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, go to equityrealestateblog.com, also youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family, always enjoy the journey.